0: Welcome, everybody, to the A-Game Podcast. Hope you are all are well. This is episode number four of Summer Sunday. So happy to be with you guys once again. Lots to talk about. I always say that, but lots to talk about in the sporting world. We had a big Premier League matchup just today against Tottenham and Chelsea that ended in a draw with Harry Kane equalizing it in the 96th minute. I'll get to all of that. Also, we had some NFL preseason to get to, which was towards the beginning of the week as well as throughout. Trey Lance looked super good in his preseason game. Trevor Penning looked phenomenal, the offensive lineman for the New Orleans Saints. And all these young guys continue to prove themselves and why they should be on an NFL roster. But we're going to get to all that next. First, however, I want to start with the golf today. Will Zalatoris won his first pga tour championship uh first pga tour event he has won continuing to play well getting in really good shape and today he shot out of his mind super good tournament making putts cameron smith was just two shots behind but a couple holes where he bogeyed and just had some bad reads uh cost him but when he was on the green, he's one of the best putters in all the PGA. If you guys haven't been watching, I strongly suggest you to start watching the golf. Morikawa played decent. A lot of guys I have never heard of, too, uh, towards the top of that. But uh, super entertaining weekend. I didn't catch all of it. I did watch a little bit today, but Zala Torres, super proud of the guy. Um, you know, just a, two years ago, he finished top five in the Masters, I remember. And, you know, we were thinking, could this guy be the next thing? Um, and today was a step in the right direction towards fulfilling that uh, potential. So, big win for his Alatorce today. PGA Tour victory. Uh, also, we had the Premier League, like I said. I'm going to touch on that right now because it's at the top of my mind. Um, what a match between Tottenham and Chelsea. It looked like Chelsea had it towards the end there. Uh, we were going in the extra time. Chelsea still up. All Chelsea fans across the world, I believe, thought they had that match. And Harry Kane... It was absolutely phenomenal with the ninety-six minute goal. Um and just, you know, Tottenham's on the road. I've been a Tottenham guy this year. I'm just getting the Premier League. I've claimed them as my favorite team. But uh no, I, I love how they played, but on the road in that atmosphere, whole crowd goes silent. But he runs to the away section of the park or of the arena, I should say and um, just celebrates with his, with his teammates, with the fans. Such a great moment. And then we have this heated exchange between the two coaches, which you don't really see in just week two of a Premier League. You know, tensions aren't usually so high. But obviously, Chelsea was frustrated. They didn't like the way they shook hands. You got to look each other in the eye, all this. But when you blow a lead like that and, you know with the potential to get more points than just one with the draw, yeah, you're going to be frustrated. But I'm all the other matchups this week, I mean, they were all great, but this one really stood out. Obviously, I just watched this today, but this one really stood out. Tottenham, they look really good. Chelsea looks really good. But I'm just looking forward to seeing what all these teams do for, for the uh, entirety of the Premier League and then and then on to the Champions League, whatever happens there. So uh, super exciting. But I wanted to talk about Manchester United as well. Um they looked awful. I mean their goalkeeper was just an absolute disgrace to soccer. Um just not there, not competing. Um and this is an issue, you know, Man U is one of the um most prolific franchises in in all of soccer. They're made of a lot of money. They have their guys, but it's just not panning out. You know, we see this in some other sports with uh, Teams that spend a lot and it doesn't necessarily work. You see with the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA, the Lakers as of late. And it basically just furthers the point that you need guys who can compete on a nightly basis. And usually they're not just a bunch of superstars. It's a bunch of guys that just do their job. And if you just do your job, you're going to win games. It's honestly as simple as that. I know it's cliche, but sometimes when teams try too hard to build the idealistic franchise... They miss those key role players that actually win you big games in the Premier League and other sports. So um really disappointed in Man U. Man City looks absolutely phenomenal, as expected. De Bruyne is just abs- out of his mind. They got so many weapons. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to continuing to watch in Like I said, this is only my second week really into it. Our- Arsenal also looks absolutely phenomenal. Gabriel just balled out um, on Saturday, I believe. Yeah um just a great match they look great so it's gonna be interesting to see where the pool pans out in the next couple weeks but um yeah there's gonna be more high intensity games as the as the season goes on so that's what i got for premier league but um yeah it was a super fun weekend of uh of watch i'm gonna move on to nfl this podcast is probably gonna be uh fairly short just because there's not as much to talk about because it was a shorter week of sport it was Um, I'm going to start with the Zach Wilson injury in the NFL. A lot of people were concerned with this. Immediately, I personally thought it was a torn ACL. um, And I was really nervous because Zach Wilson, I'm super high on at the quarterback position. I was high on him out of college at BYU. He's looked great in the NFL. And this is supposed to be his breakout year. He's poised for one, him and Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, it was the non-contact injury. He's trying to make a cut on a guy. And he just goes down, and I'm like, that's the ACL. But fortunately for the Jets, it was only a partially torn meniscus, which he's only going to be out two to four weeks. So this isn't going to be bad for the Jets at all. He might miss the first two weeks of the season. So what? You guys aren't really planning on making the playoffs anyway. But just seeing Zach Wilson continue to thrive um, in a great environment with Coach Robert Sala, um, the new guys, Garrett Wilson. You just brought in Brees Hall in the draft. Um, and then, you know, your weapons, you got uh, Sauce Gardner on defense, a lot of other guys, uh, Jermaine Johnson, he was drafted late there, and I just really like how their team's constructed, they're going to be a defensive-minded team with a very fiery coach and Salah, and I think they will be good for a long time. This isn't their year, but they're moving in the right direction, I should say, um, to being a championship contender seven or eight years down the road, so... Um, good to see Zach Wilson not be out for the year. Cause really enjoy watching him play. Um, another team I t- I touched on Trevor Lawrence a second ago, but he was playing a preseason a few days ago against Deshaun Watson, who not suspended yet. Um, and even though the six game suspension is still um alive, even though it's getting appealed, uh, it doesn't apply to preseason games. So they were able to get a look at him. He honestly didn't look good at all. He looked like he hadn't played football for a year. Um, a lot of over- overthrown passes pocket presence wasn't there he was trying to get out and do a little too much honestly um and the Browns receivers aren't phenomenal either so they didn't really make up for his mistakes but uh yeah you know Deshaun shouldn't play in the NFL for the rest of the season I'm gonna stay with that I honestly don't think he should play another snap in the NFL I was a big Deshaun guy out of college I really like that Clemson team super fun to watch but this is inexcusable what he did, and and he should have to pay the consequence. So, but on the flip side, Trevor Lawrence he looked really good. Pocket presence a lot better, dropping balls in the bread basket. Um, and there were some tight throws. I saw uh some pretty tough throws into double coverage, reading the defense. Um, whether it was four rushing or or even just three, where he has a little more time. Um, just just tough throws across the middle. He had one, uh, deep one to the sideline to uh. who was it i believe it was dj chark um and it was just a really good ball so i'm really excited to see what trav does i was big on trav out of college um and teal has always been really really a great player so excited to see what he can do now you don't have the um awful head coach in urban meyer there um and you have doug peterson who has championship experience he has that pedigree and even though he got ran out of um Philadelphia because they had a different vision for what they wanted their team to be they still were phenomenal and the Jags have a similar build honestly as far as the defense is concerned and the way they play their style maybe not the names um this Jags team could potentially make some noise and win six or seven games so uh, we'll see what happens there but you know my guy Trey Lance uh he played on Saturday I believe and I want to just um Talk about this for a sec. Trey, he looked shaky at the beginning. The ball wasn't coming out of his hands, but the one thing I noticed against the Packers was the arm slot. The arm slot was a lot better, and although the ball wasn't coming out of his hands that well, it was coming out a lot quicker, and it looked like he was a lot more confident. He realized that this is my team. I am quarterback one, and I think he is just a phenomenal talent like he has so much talent with his rushing ability with his deep ball if he tightens up everything around it this niners team is going to be super bowl contender for many years because the roster is so good around them um around trey lance i should say like i said he started off poorly but there was one run that i really liked he climbed the pocket pocket broke down by the offensive lineman he climbed and he ran it slid really smart play um solid rushing yards and um then after that, he had a couple incompletions, like I said. And then he had the deep ball uh, to Gray, which was Danny Gray from um, from SMU. And what a ball that was, just right in the pocket. And he didn't even have to move. He runs a 4-3. He's so fast. He was just speedy up the sideline and ended up scoring. Um, so that was a great ball. Really loved that from him. And I think he's going to have a great future because the Niner team is so stacked. The offensive line is so good. So many weapons. Trey Lance is in the best situation out of any young quarterback in the NFL, and he reminds me a lot of Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes came into a Chiefs system after Alex Smith left the vet, just like Jimmy G. Alex Smith also played on the Niners, coincidentally, but came into a team with expectations. I mean, although Patrick was drafted a little lower at around 15, expectations and delivered immediately. And you can see the same with Trey Lance. Trey Lance has that Josh Allen esque build, 6'4, super mobile, not as strong, but plays similarly. And if he lives up to this hype, this Niner team is gonna be scary. So we'll see what happens there. But I did like what I saw. On the flip side, Jordan Love looked awful. I'm one of I'm not a Jordan Love hater, but I really don't like how I I don't like this kid's talent at all. Um, a lot of bad throws, three interceptions. I know two of them were for wide receiver drops, but I didn't like the way he was scanning the field. It seemed he was only giving one look at each of his reads, kind of rushing it. Um, And I know there's pressure. You know, you're playing behind Aaron Rodgers. That is understandable, right? But at the same time, you have to be better. The the Packers took a chance on Jordan Love when they drafted him as early as they did. Um, And you know, he still's not going to play for five years, but he might never be an NFL starter at this rate. And I, I hope the best for him, but it just hasn't looked good. And I also, it's unfortunate because he hasn't had a chance to get comfortable. Um, and with all the Aaron Rodgers drama every year, it's just, it's hard for, for him. So uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, I wish all these young guys the best because they truly are uh, the future of the league. So we'll see what happens, but Uh, Pretty pleased to watch preseason. It's just great to have football back, in all honesty. Um, And speaking of football, I'm going to move on to fantasy. I wanted to talk fantasy football. I'm in a couple PPR leagues. Kind of the strategy, if I were to give you guys any strategy, would be running backs are heavy in the first couple picks, right? If you have pick one, you want to go JT, Jonathan Taylor. Pick two, I'd go Christian McCaffrey. You still want to take that chance just because of the upside because when he's healthy, he's the best fantasy wide, I mean, running back. Um, three, you want to go cup or, or Jefferson. And if you're at the, like the lower range, if you're at the 10, 11, 12, you want to be looking for Stefan Diggs, And then you want to be looking for a quality running back on the other side of the snake. So it's a snake draft, right? So on the other side of the snake, you want to be looking for, a uh, Aaron Jones, or if Najee Harris even falls that far, which I doubt he will. He's going to go pretty high this year. This is the strategy you have to have. You want to go running backs early, quarterback really late. You There's so many great quarterbacks that you can get. I would be so pleased to have Trey Lance as my quarterback this year or even a Jalen Hurts. They do the same thing. Not a lot of on-field production, but as a fantasy quarterback with the rushing upside, they're super solid. Uh, one of my friends, Caleb, last year had Jalen Hurts in fantasy. He was absolutely phenomenal, consistent week in, week out, 23, 24 points. Um, and he really just just put it all together. Even though on the field he wasn't the best quarterback in the world, so uh, I I would stay away from quarterbacks early, um, even the great ones, because honestly, having a great quarterback doesn't make or break a season. So, and then at the flex spots, I would look at a guy like Deontay Johnson again. It's going to be his team, his receiver room, especially with Juju leaving. Um, you know, even a guy like Hunter Renfro would be a great flex this year, even. With Devontae Hill, still get a good amount of targets. Um and guys like T. Higgins, they're still super solid at that position. So um keep your lookout for those guys. But if you need any fantasy advice, just DM me um and we'll get right to that. To finish off this podcast, it's been super, super short because I've talked about it a lot. I want to talk MLB real quick. I want to talk MLB and then I want to preview Sandy Inez versus Tascadero football for the local high school here. I unfortunately don't go there anymore, but I'm still going to be covering them all season. The local high school here, San Inez, they play Atascadero, Luke Gildred, opening up his senior season, as well as Aiden Scott, hopefully going to get Aiden on the podcast this next week to preview the season, maybe get a couple other guys, uh, just have some fun with that. A couple more interviews coming up as well, but we'll get to that. But I want to start with the MLB. Today, the Dodgers uh, ended their win streak. Unfortunately, all streaks come to an end. But they look phenomenal. They're on pace to win over 110 games. But I'm going to continue to preach the fact that I think this bullpen is overrated. And I'm really concerned. I'm really concerned about Craig Kimbrel in a big game. Today, Craig Kimbrell gave up a, a bomb to Vinny Pasquantino in a big moment. And Vinny's been phenomenal for hitter for the Royals. And he's really tearing it up. I have him in fantasy. But Kimbrell has this paralysis-esque fastball where... Yes, it's hard, and it breaks a little, but he misses middle-middle a ton. And the issue with missing middle-middle once you play good teams is that ball is going out of the yard, and you're not getting it back. Um, and then you guys got like guys like Evan Phillips. He's been pretty freaking good. But how much do you trust him? How much do you trust Alex Vessia? I, I said this last time. Gratterall's an absolute animal, but he's got to stay healthy, right? So these all these elements that go with this bullpen, you can say this about any team, but I just think that the Dodgers, as far as a bullpen's concerned, Don't match up well with the Mets or even the Astros. The Astros are far and away the best team in baseball. And it is part of the reasons is because that bullpen is so good with Stanek, Presley, Maiton, the list goes on. There's so many guys down there. Um, So something needs to improve. The Mets bullpen, the Mets are my pick to go to the World Series out of the NL. They still aren't great, but I think they're just slightly better. And also the Mets can carry out DeGrom and Scherzer starting games one and two of any playoff series and just ride it out. And when you have two of the best pitchers in all of baseball on one team, both getting paid out of their hats, both getting paid $35 plus million plus you expect them to perform and I expect them to perform on the biggest stage. So it wouldn't shock me if they come out and they just play phenomenal. Um, but that that's the concern that I have with the Dodgers. The Giants are heating up right now. They just won three in a row. They're only six back of the wild card. And if you look at the schedule, it's either going to be the Phillies, Padres, or Giants that make the playoffs. One of them is going to be out. But the Padres and Phillies, they're at a really tough state right now because their schedule thickens up. The Phillies have to play the Mets for a four-game set at home, fortunately. But that's going to be a tough series because... You don't really know what you're gonna get. Um, if if you see Degrom, if you see Scherzer again, they're gonna shove. Um, Taiwan Walker, he had a really rough in his last one. But he's gonna shove. Numbers are down. Sub ERA. And then the Padres, on the other hand, they have to play the Giants head to head. So those matchups are gonna be massive. Um, sorry, I just lost my thought for a sec. But you never under you never underestimate the beauty of August and September. You don't know what you're gonna get is essentially what i'm trying to say. And both of these teams or th- these three teams have so much upside. If they just get in the playoffs, they can beat anybody because of their pitching staffs. So, we'll see what happens. The Giants have a cupcake schedule for the next 2 weeks. They could get 10 wins over the next 2 weeks and be about 3 or 2 or 3 games back of the wild card, so gotta watch out for them. Um and, you know, but i still believe that the Phillies and Padres will make the playoffs in the wild card, but i think the Giants will be right there when the season's over just because of how easy the schedule is um but i'm i'm excited world series pick is still astros mets and my division winners haven't really changed either um but i'll keep you guys updated on that but so excited august baseball it's the dog days um it's when the great teams really show it's when the teams that go on to win world series start getting hot and um yeah it's it's a great time to be a fan so uh keep a lookout for that so to end this podcast i'm gonna talk Sandy Nez, Atascadero, at uh, it's going to be on Friday. Big game. Um, Luke Gildred coming up into his senior season. He just committed to Claremont McKenna. We did an interview a while back. You should go listen to it. We're probably going to do more stuff. Aiden Scott, he's probably going to go D1. I know a couple schools are looking at him. You got Dalton Beard at receiver. You got some new guys. Uh, Dallas DeForest, he's going to be fullback and running back. You got Isaac Moran returning. Cole Swain's going to get some snaps. O line is looking pretty solid. They lost Emilio Figueroa, but you still got Nick Crandall on the line, Aiden Cintron, um, and you got some other guys as well. Um, and then defensively, they lose Mikey Jills, they lose Tanner Padfield, so the linebacker core um, is taking a hit. But you still and the corners as well. Cash and Kenny McClurg, they're gonna be um, they they graduated as well, so the defense. It's looking a little different. I know Nikki Vac has gotten some uh, some action at corner. A lot of new guys. Um, a lot of young guys. It's going to be a young team this year, but I think they're going to fare pretty pretty well. They're in the central section now. They're in St. Joe's League. Um, and I looked at the preseason power rankings for max preps, and they got them at two. Um, number two in all of central section Division 6. Or Division 4, I should say. I keep saying 6. Division 4. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's good. Or maybe it is 6. It is 6, isn't it? It's either four or six. But, uh, no, they're going to be great. Um, I'm excited to see what they do. Atascadero, uh, track record, not a great football team, um, but they could be better this year. Got to do a little more research, but really excited to see what Luke and, and Aiden and all the other guys do. Um, and, like I said, hopefully get Aiden here on the podcast this next week to preview the season. I'm um, really excited. Also, uh, quick shout-out my cousin, uh, who's a freshman at Napomo High School, is going to be their starting quarterback this year, so that's going to be big for him. Um, Super stoked. Love my cuz, so uh, hopefully he uh, plays well and continues to carry on the family legacy of being a good quarterback, which I wasn't, but um, yeah, it's all good. I'm a podcaster. (laughs) Thank you guys so much, though, uh, for tuning in. Appreciate it. It was a successful podcast. Last thing I want to say. One last thing, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., I forgot to touch on this, Line about taking medication for ringworm, come on now. Uh, he was juicing, it was pretty obvious, um, a shame, because he's one of the best young athletes in all the sport. People love him. I love Tatis, I think he was the best shortstop in the league. Now he's out for another year. He's been hurt on the shelf. I've been to so many Padres-Giants games, so many Padres games in general, and haven't seen him play once. I think I saw him play his rookie year, um, and that was when he wasn't even that good, so... It's a shame. Um, and if you truly did lie, that's also a shame. So hopefully uh, he learns from this mistake, but at some point you got to grow up and uh, we learn this with young players. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. A lot to get to, got to a lot. Um, and like I said, this Friday, we got San Ynez football opening back. Napomo also plays. Um, and, and Friday night, football focus will be back on KSBY. Tune into that. I'm going to try to get some footage. Uh, maybe upload to it, but thank you guys so much for tuning in, appreciate you, um, this is Summer Sunday, episode four, we are grinding, and, uh, once summer's over, I know a lot of you guys are in school, I'm not yet, but I'll just change it to a new season, we'll make it, a uh, fall football focus, I'm kidding, that's a little copyright, but thank you guys so much for tuning in, appreciate y'all, and, uh, yeah, see you next time, peace.